Welcome to the Arcade Repair Tips Question and Answer Podcast, the podcast that answers your questions about arcade repair and restoration. Now, here are your hosts, Eric and Rusty. Welcome to Arcade Repair Tips, episode 70. Man, I'll tell you what, it's been a long time, Rusty. <laughs> it has. How about what, year? More than a year, 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 year and a half. Wow. And, you know, I'm going to have to take you on the inside of what happened so everything was going well we're chugging through these shows we got a question about uh power supplies and whether you should uh, you know change out use this linear power supply or the switch mode power supply and we, rusty and i had a little bit of a difference of opinion on this and he went one way with it and i went the other and Things I'm not going to tell, rough, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna tell you <laughs> who said what, but you know it was a while before we talked to each other. After that, it just oh, it, was it, it threw a wrench into terrible. our. Of course, we're kidding. You know that was <laughs> uh, things as with uh, anybody's life, things get thrown into the mix. But you, what happened with us was it it had it was something we were both working on together, and it took a a, a lot of our time. Uh, it was a, uh, we now have a new arcade on the south side of Houston. Yeah, very cool arcade. I would say one of the coolest arcades in Texas. At for least sure. on the south side of Houston, right? There you go. There you go. <laughs> and you can probably, we've intentionally started recording this episode from the arcade, and you can hear some of the ambient background noises of the games. Uh, we thought that would be kind of a cool background for, uh, for the show. We'll hey, see we need to hear something besides just us rambling, right? <laughs> so we have been working on this project. We've been open now for about five months or so. But the, as you can imagine, the lead-in to get something like this up and running is, you know, it's, it's an, an, an enormous amount of effort. Yeah. Lots of time, time involved. Uh, so we're going to kind of start the show talking about that, what it takes to get something like this going. And... You can see how much is involved with that, and if you ever, you know, a lot of people want to do something like this, right? Yeah, yeah. Matter of fact, there's there's a couple of gentlemen here in Houston that were looking to open a um, another arcade such as ours. Right. Um, there's been a few attempts as well. And just to give you a little bit of backstory, actually, I'm probably going to pass this back to Rusty because I'm new into this venture, but Rusty is not. So, Rusty, why don't you talk about the other location, the existing location? Yeah. So, um, what Eric is alluding to is that we have a location here. It's called The Game Preserve. And The Game Preserve, we've been in business for almost seven years now. And uh, it's been very very well received uh we do okay with it we're not becoming millionaires on it but that wasn't our intent never the goal never the goal we just wanted to bring games back to where people could have fun and play them so we set it up and um two three two years ago all the owners got together that was five of us got together and said you know it's time for us to expand a little bit uh if we don't somebody else will and you know we we thought we had the the revenue stream we had the experience we had some of the machines to do it um so what we did we started looking around for a place to to uh open another one and i tell you the things to look for besides just hey where's a cheap place and rent that's a that's a bad solution you you got to find location 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 do some homework find your demographics find the right place that can support the revenue that you need in order to put it together and then, of course, the other thing we did, we had to find someone 
that was in the same vicinity where we wanted to open that we could trust that we uh, could work with and uh, to help us run that place and we looked around and looked around and finally we just had to settle and get Eric to help us out. <laughs> Thank you Rusty. <laughs> so now Eric is the president of this location and he is in charge of the day-to-day -day operations here at this location. Our location up north has 6,500 square feet. We got about 125 video games, pinball machines, and arcades up and running all the time. Party room, places, uh, snack bar, that type of stuff. But this location, this location was a step up. 11,000 really yeah, 11, square feet here. We're going to have upwards of 140 machines someday. We're, we're getting there slowly, yeah. but we're getting there. Yeah, and the artwork that's been on the wall, we we enlisted the help of one of our dear friends, Mr. Blake Dumasnil. I hope I said his name right. Um, Blake is a graphic design artist of extraordinaire, and we were looking at doing some stuff in here, and, and Blake, we brought Blake in early on, and we were walking through this big, huge, empty space. And Blake just started saying, you know, he we just came do. up with ideas like he did. crazy. Yeah. And, you know, before you go too far into that, we should talk about who Blake is, what he does, where, who, or more to the point, where he works. Blake is a graphic designer for NASA. And he does, among other things, he'll do the mission, some of the mission patches for the uh, missions up to the space station. He's, he's worked at NASA for, I don't know, 15 years or so. And he's just an incredible artist. But it goes beyond that. You've probably seen his work. Well, if you're in the world of pinball, he he was one of the designers uh, for the artwork for the Domino's pinball machine. He does the artwork for a lot of, the, for like for the Texas Pinball Festival, for the Houston Arcade Expo. I've seen he's done work for Spooky Pinball. Is you know he's he's all over the place, and he's he's such a good artist. Yeah, he is. He just. It's just amazing. When he was coming up with the ideas, you know, we were first just thinking, you know, hey, we'll throw some paint on this wall, throw some paint on this wall. And then when he really came up with the ideas, we just backed off and said, you know what, dude, just tell us what you want to do. And that's what we're going to do. And that's what we did. And, and today... We just walk around, and I'm still amazed. Yeah, at we're what's in still here. in. We're up in the UFO DJ booth, <laughs> and as we look around, it's somewhat elevated from the rest of the arcade, and so we can see the full 360 view of it. And if you get a chance, just go on the Facebook page for the Game Preserve, and you can see the pictures of uh, of what he did. It's it's just amazing. But I think I've used the word amazing. Yeah, I'm gonna have to break yeah. out my thesaurus come else. and uh, <laughs> come up with yeah. some, some amazing, other words. awesome. You know, it, it's really difficult to and. Like I said, Blake is he's such a, a, a great friend of ours, and we've really enjoyed all his help. And, and, but he helped us kind of design out, you know, and as, as not only did we lay out with his artwork kind of what's on the walls, but it also helped us lay out the place right. where, our, where the sit-down eating area is, where the party room is, and all of that really came fit in with his art design that's here. I mean, we have what looks like a 28-foot Miss Pac-Man standing in the middle of the of the room because that's where you go into the party room. It's, it's really cool. And we started with a, this was, we're in kind of a section of an old Walmart that's been subdivided into many businesses. So we had, I guess you could say, kind of a, a, a clean slate uh, to start with. We could kind of do it you know that that sounds good but it's also bad in the sense that we had no 
structure around here. We had no walls. No, we had to do everything. Uh, and it was, it was pretty rough. It was pretty yeah. rough what we had to start with. And to take that to a finished product, when, we, when you talk about starting a business like this, there are so many things that you don't really think about in, in the beginning. Uh, you know, for an arcade, you know, one of the biggest things is power. Oh, yeah. Like, if you're going to have planned for 150 games, that's a, that's a lot of outlets. That's a lot of circuits. You can only you have to do the math to figure out how many, how many games can be on each circuit, each 20-amp circuit. Yeah, and that and that's the thing too is that you have to remember you're going to be in a commercial environment, and this ain't just something you can say. Oh, we'll just throw a plug over there and run some run extension, extension cord. cord over there. Yeah, and do that. the, the no, code enforcement doesn't it doesn't, doesn't like that. work that way. And and we put we installed we had an electrician come in help us. We thought we were, and we just turned it over. The electrician just came in. We have 42 individual 20 amp circuits in this location now 42 yeah, circuits that's a lot needless needless to say the uh the bill from the electrician was we could have bought some really nice brand new pinball machines <laughs> plural not pl- like many 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 many, many pinball games, machines yeah. for what it costs to do just that part yeah, of it yeah yeah so you know we it, and and let's let's really just kind of step into this because you know we we It'd be interesting, I think, for us to really say, you know, what's it take? If you want to start an arcade, what is it that you really need to start thinking about? And obviously, power is a huge uh, thing. You need to figure out where those things are going to be. You need to think about your lighting, where the power is for the lighting. We have black lights. And Eric, how many installed did you do? Uh, 80. 80. I put all the... We have what, <laughs> how, What's the height of this ceiling? It's 14 a, foot. 14 feet to the drop ceiling. And uh, yeah, I we we played around with um, a fluorescent black light, a four-foot yep. tube, to see how colors would respond to it. And then we tried. We bought a LED strip of black light to see if it would, if everything would react the same. And it did. And it did. It really did. So of course the LEDs are going to be well. They should be more reliable. Uh, I think they were a little bit cheaper. Pretty, pretty close to the same. I pretty think close. Pretty close. A lot, you know, a little bit easier to mount. They're going to be lighter weight, but needless to say, 80, 80 four foot sections of LED black lights. And I think we have a few more that we're going to put up. Yeah, we still have like ten more to go over in that corner over there. Yeah. So, <laughs> you know, so. The, on the on the podcast, they can they, they can know see what you that mean corner over there. That corner over there. <laughs> yeah, we got a corner where the dinosaur is. Where actually. the dinosaur is. There the actually dinosaur. is a. 28 foot 28 foot t-rex over there that one of our friends made it's a wood sculpture that is on loan to us Uh, taking up space it's right (laughs) next to the flintstones pinball machine yeah yeah so you know it so you have to think about the power and the lights and where all those things are going how you're going to operate those things and then once you do that because you're not through with power yet because you got to cool it Remember, if we're going to drop 140 right. machines in here, we've got 140 little heaters. Yep. And, it, and if you've got our occupancy is 333, and if you put that's 300 people here at 98.6, that's a lot of heaters, too. And we So we have three seven-and-a-half-ton units and two five-ton units. Yes. So and that's they're 32 all, luckily, tons. Luckily, they're all brand new, so we're good for a few years here. Uh. No, I don't think so. I think well, next summer yeah, I think we're, we're gonna. gonna we're gonna I think to we're gonna have to drop another seven another ton one unit in, in here. here. Yeah, but 
you know, this is one thing. Now, granted, we are in Houston. We're in Texas, and it's pretty, this area of Texas, it's pretty warm. But we don't have to use the heater. No, the, we don't even, didn't even have the heaters installed. Right. There are no heaters installed. <laughs> you don't need them. Now, and it's not because um, it doesn't get cold. I mean, it'll get down to, you know, it'll get below freezing here. But still, we got 140 heaters. And all the people, you just never need the heaters. And Rusty, I don't think we talked about the business model of the of this arcade. You know, many when you say arcade, the first thing you think of is, well, of course, years ago, putting dropping quarters in it. Now you either a, a dollar oh, a bill acceptor or, or a swipe or whatever. Yeah. Uh, but we didn't go that route. The, the, let me back that up a little bit. The game preserve when it started did not go that route. You want to Correct. talk a little bit about yeah, how we, that works? Yeah, we we decided early on that. Um, and probably some of that was the help from the state, <laughs> the state uh, sales tax on tax stamps. And those of you familiar with arcades, all the little tax stamps you see, and you have to buy individual tax stamps. And, and every you, state is, is different. Is every and, state, every county is different. Right. You know, and you, you have different stamps for different counties, and you got to put them on the machine. Then you can put the machine out. And if that machine breaks and you change it out, well, you got to get another set of stamps. In theory, with the you're other supposed machine. to get another yeah. set of and and oh my gosh, so, what a pain! So you're right. So, so you it, for us here or this area, you have a state tax sticker. You have a county Harris yep. County tax sticker. Then you have a city of Houston. Yes, uh, yes. If we were in the city of Houston, they would require that as well. But so so we said, you know what? Let's. It's just easier if we don't do that. So we are entrance fee based arcade. Everything in here, every game, the jukebox, everything's on free play. There's no coins, no tokens. You come in, you pay your entrance fee, which isn't a lot. At 15 bucks, I think it's... Boy, Rusty, this sure sounds like an ad for the arcade. <laughs> Doesn't it, though? Doesn't it, though? Really, but but you know what? Let me, let, me, let me digress a little bit. We sat down and we thought about our business model. We, we laid it out to begin with, and after about a year we refined that business model and we looked at making more money and we decided you know that's not what we're about we're not out to go and charge huge amount of money and make you know get all become rich on it what we wanted to do was see families we wanted to have a place for people to come in with their kids and enjoy it and and that's really what we developed here and that's why we went that route and we have membership based and other things we won't go too deep into the business model but what we're saying here is that that's part of if you want to start an arcade you need to think of how do you how do you fund that how do you get your continued revenue stream in order to keep it running and a pay for play on older arcade machines it's, it's tough. You have to keep the stuff that is making money in play at the at the front, and you have to monitor that. You have to see what's what's doing well. If it's not doing well, you know, you do the math, out, pull it out, out, put some put something. In. And that's the battle that they had to fight years ago. It's, there's nothing new about that. Yeah. But this this seems to work for for yeah. us here. Yeah. And and I think because too, you know, you you would have to, the 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 challenge is is the coin mechs and keeping them working, or the card readers and keeping those working, and all that the cost to do all that, just easier. Hey, pay fifteen bucks, come in and play, have a good time. You know, we um, we also don't sell alcohol, we don't sell food, but we do allow you to bring your own food in. We do allow you to to bring, we're a BYOB facility here in Texas. And this may be special to Texas, I don't know, but we it does allow us to have a BYOB, um, and we do allow people to bring in their adult beverages. Um, 
and it's and we do have a like a snack bar. Yeah, we, we we can't we don't cook any food. Yes, but we exactly. Have snacks yeah. here because again we didn't want to get into the whole health certificate food things and we didn't want to get right. into the liquor license and you know what we're there's probably a lot of money to be made if you did sell alcohol but it's just i i'm glad that we all agree on this that it just wasn't worth the hassle that would yeah. come along with it yeah for us we want to be an arcade we don't want to be a bar right if you want a bar go go next door there's a great there's a great one right here next to yeah, us yeah we can hear them singing Zenith. lovely karaoke <laughs> that, that was so great wasn't music. it yeah when we were working on the place uh, you know of course we're our pretty much our entire lives were spent up here every night work doing construction work and you know there's probably four sheets of drywall between us and them double on each side yeah. but my goodness those that awful karaoke comes through the permeates through <laughs> those walls like they aren't there that was great some of them some of them you listen to and go well that's not too bad i recognize that song yeah you might be when able a, to tell that when song. a cat sings it <laughs> yeah and there's some's like all right somebody's dying over there <laughs> but yeah it's really great it, it was but it, they're but anyway getting back to the thing we so you know you have to make sure you have your business model all that together you got to look at your power you got to look at your uh and where that power is i mean it's not just okay hey i need a bunch of circuits but where are those circuits and how do you position those circuits and how do you lay those circuits down to where it's within code and nobody trips it and nobody right. hurts it. Our number one thing here is safety. No, safety. Nobody yeah. gets hurt. Everybody's, you know. Yeah, there are no extension cords anywhere. Everything You can't get behind the games. There's Correct. There's a, so, there are so many things you have to think about. And, yeah. you know, one thing we kind of skipped over is when you're looking for a location. We've scouted locations for, oh, close to a year yeah. uh, before yeah. we – and we found several. And, you know, it's a, it's a game you play with the – I don't want to dive deep into this, but with the the real estate agents, you know, you think yeah, there's some of them are, are eager to help you, and then the you know the agent is working for the real estate owner, and then they you know something will go will not work out with the owner, and they want to rent to some. It's just a it's a struggle to it is find a place. it really is it's a challenge, and and they're out to make money. That's what they're supposed to do is make the best for their their owner, and we understand that. There's been some where we felt we were deceived a little bit. There were some where we thought, oh, this is great. And then we started checking around a few other things like, oh, maybe not so great. So point being, take your time. If you're going to do this, take your time. You have to be patient with that. And eventually something will come your way. Yeah, we've been really fortunate. Uh, Lance, the owner here, Mr. Sam Roberts, owns Roberts Carpets here in Houston. And, and he's just, we couldn't ask for a better better. So owner. it took us, let's see, I think we found this spot sometime around january or february yeah that sounds sounds about right sounds about right and we opened july 27th so it yeah. was a good probably five months of working up here yeah uh, yeah you know, luckily we have multiple owners we have uh six owners at this location yeah so you know everybody pitches in and we had quite a few volunteers and we did. We can't. We can't forget those guys. People come up and help us paint. Help us hang drywall. It was. There's a lot. There was a lot to paint. There was a lot of paint. You know. And granted, we didn't do the floor, but eleven thousand square feet of floor. That's no a, thirteen thousand square feet because oh, the hallway. hallway. Right. We had twelve. We had two thousand feet worth of hallway. Yeah. So so you know that was the other thing that we had to do is is the flooring. What kind of flooring do you put down? Do not go carpet. 
Right. Yeah. No, you don't. You don't want that. At least not where there will be beverages. Beverages. No, don't do carpet. That's a bad idea. And the uh, so the flooring is is a, and that's an expense to think is a big expense to think about is the flooring, the and the, oh it's just there. Well, we've gone on and on about yeah. construction, and most people that are listening to this this is probably putting them to sleep. That's probably you know the, the people that listen to this really like to know about working on games so well you we know, just pulled all the games we had working and just of course them that's how turned it works, them on in, you right? know when they've been in storage for uh <laughs> 10 15 years. 20 years just and pull you them out bring and them out them and dust them off they all work oh yeah that's that's the way it goes so luckily we're we're all collectors all the owners are collectors yeah. and we had a pretty large pool of games to pick from yeah, had a, already had a warehouse full of games, yep. and that really was the situation. Uh, as in unknown condition, mo- some of the most of these, not some, most of these games were bought in whatever condition, however many years ago, and that number of twenty years is is probably correct for some of these games. Yeah, and you know who knows what kind. And you know we were we were up against the wall here of when we had to open to start bringing some revenue in and how long we had to after construction was done to get the games up and running and it was it was tough yeah that that was our challenge you know we we thought we'd come in just slap some paint on the walls turn it in and put some flooring down in a way paint the concrete and away we go with the games but then when we really got into and i'm glad we did with what blake we started following blake's designs and started putting everything up that dragged out our construction and it dragged out our constructions a little bit more because of the things we did because of the electrical circuits and all the stuff we laid out it really did lag, drag on longer than we expected for the construction and then we got into the games but then we had to get open because rent starts yeah and we're not going to tell you how much rent is but once cheap. again, when you compare it to the price of a new pinball machine, there's a... <laughs> yeah, yeah, you can buy several every month. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. So, so we brought the, the games in, and we had kind of a uh, triage-type system. Uh, they would We brought down some of the techs from the other game preserve. Uh, we had some people, some volunteers, kind of cleaning off the games, and then somebody else, the, the, the technicians, would plug them in of course here we are we're the guys talking about how to work on games and we're talking about our technicians you know why weren't we doing this but if we had we were doing everything yeah. else under the sun but they would plug them plug them in and all right do they come up do they show any signs of life do they play do they play correctly so we had do we have numbers or yeah, color yeah I think we had one two we three had numbers on yeah it. we had like one, two, ready threes. to go minimal effort required or you know need just you nothing. know this cpr didn't work on it we, <laughs> yeah yeah, it's dead. Yeah, so, yeah, there was, I think we pulled 60, 70 out of the warehouse down here that Joe had. Oh, that's right. You know, that's one thing we didn't talk We already had kind of a uh, warehouse that we rented that so we could pre-stage the games. Uh, and I think that's correct. I think there were about 60 down, and then more were brought in from the yeah. other location. So what we did up, since we had the other location running, what we did there was... We have, I have two full-time technicians working up in the North Woodlands area. So what we did was we basically overstuffed that location with 
140, 145 games so that whenever we were ready to go down here, we pulled 25 or 30 games out of there and brought them down here. So boom, we knew those were going to work. And we were, we were hoping a larger percentage of the other games we pulled out of the warehouse would work. We had some others in our another warehouse that we have. We actually, we had three warehouses. We're down to two now. And, um, but that's what it takes. If you don't have a large number of games, it's right. going to be tough. And that's one one benefit we had was we ha already had the games because if you were to go if you were to go into this business venture without already having the games, all of a sudden you've added two hundred thousand dollars to your what what it's going to cost you. Easy. So that's that was very helpful. So we started, like I said, long term. We're we're hoping to have well, not hoping we will have about 140, 150 games in here. We started off with I think it was about 60 working games. Now yeah. that sounds like a lot and you know it, it is a lot but for this size space it, it was it was a little yeah. sparse in it here. Was very, it was a little sparse and now we're up to 90? 95-ish or really? so. We're I counted them the other day. Oh, yeah cool. we're pretty close to the 100 mark. 100 mark. Well that's great. That's great and because we're just adding every every two three weeks we get a game in we add it we go and buy some games we bring them in we drop them in. So we're constantly trying to add the games and bring our numbers back up and because that's what people are looking for. When we say, hey, we have a great place here, you can have your party, you can bring a bunch of people, you can have a corporate party, bring, we had guys from NASA. NASA's right down the road, by the way. So if you ever want to come down to NASA, make sure you stop by and see us. Yeah, we, and actually we call this the NASA location. location. Yeah, so there was, what, 50 folks here from NASA. When you've got 50 folks coming in to play, you better have 50. Enough uh, games yeah, to support. Yeah, another game to keep them supported, yeah. So yeah. what we would do with all the games, we, we hired, We've got a couple of technicians here for this just this location and one of the guys I you said okay just here's here's our games in the back that that are staged that need to come out that all have whatever type of issue you know just go through it so what what he kind of what he did was you know like okay does the you know you take your monitor test pattern generator is it playing blind is it uh, yeah. you know is it a monitor problem well you know with these older with the arcade games from the 80s for the most part the monitors are all kind of the same what I mean by that is that they are mostly 19 inch standard resolution monitor aka CGA resolution monitors well yeah. they're all the same you can take a GO7 and put it in a you can replace a, a Wells 4900 or a Wells 4600 or a K7000 yeah. or a you know so they're all interchangeable with the exception of Nintendo and their funky yeah. little, little Sanyo 20Zs <laughs> So it was that that kind of made things a little bit easier because you, you we don't have to keep the same monitor that came in the game in yeah. that particular yeah. cabinet. Yeah, and there's no intrinsic value to having the exact same monitor. It's just like the keys, locks on right. a, on a machine. There's no value in keeping the original locks because they were probably changed out anyway. Right, and we do have all the we've got the same key for every game in here. Yeah. And yeah. what you hear, I don't know how well these microphones pick up the background noise, but you can hear the uh, sometimes part of the national anthem playing, or that was just the charge. Yeah, yeah, they have the charge. They have the that's the uh, that's, that's really the unique bubble that's hockey. Checks bubble hockey, which is really cool. And the reason it it sounds kind of cool is that checks bubble hockey was at back, and this is like an early '83, '84 model of it. The computer was made by Moog. 
M-O-O-G. Oh, yeah, the synthesizer. It's mood, they, they, they I think we board. might be mispronouncing that. Yeah, but probably are. Somebody will correct Let's it. just use all pronunciations in which one of the, these will be correct. There you go. <laughs> so, Mog <laughs> was uh, the computer. They, they, they farmed it out to them to build the board, and they built the board. And when they did, they put their synthesizer chip on that board. So, when, we, when this machine plays those organ tunes that you would hear in the uh, hockey games, it's just it's the same sound you'd hear out of the middle of the And that's the a pretty cool piece of trivia. I did not know that until yeah. you told me that. Yeah, it's really neat. And unfortunately, in 1988 or 89, they changed to a different board set, and Moog had gone out of business. Oh, really? So, I didn't know they were no longer. So are they? So now they went and found somebody else. And this game was made by Allied Leisure. Oh, okay. And so they found somebody else to make their boards for them. But, uh, and it plays the national anthem and it does some other things. They actually sound like a guy singing it and everything. Oh, so it's it like the, pretty the cool. tail end of the anthem, right? Yeah, it's like yeah. the last Yeah, the stanza. last few stanzas of it. Yeah, and, and it plays it. But that's a really neat game. That was one we just picked up. It actually had been through um, One Amelda, of the floods. The floods. The Harvey. Oh, no, yeah. no, Amelda. Amelda, the okay. most recent one. So, you know, we talk about what we've been through since been two floods or at least no one flood? i think uh, so when was harvey i think harvey was harvey 17 was before that maybe. yeah i think yeah. it was and you know the thing about houston is there there are no hills no nope. if we have a, a hurricane it's it's not the it's never the wind that causes of the hurricane that causes the problem it's the the water, the water has just it just has nowhere to go and it's very what's the word it's it wherever it hits it, it can affect one side of town and not the other and skip over one section so it's very it's just all over the place yeah. so yeah it really is and and that hockey game actually came from a home that was flooded and it had about four foot of water up and over the board and over the power supply we dried it out cleaned it up dried it out washed it off and hey she works <laughs> luckily pinball machines are usually okay during a flood you know the, the i would say really the average <laughs> you know like you'll see it's it's not uncommon for a foot and a half of water to yeah. come in and during a flood and you know that sounds horrible and it is horrible but guess what usually pinball machines are just high enough yeah. where that, this is that that you know gets the legs and that's all yeah, and rusty that. how about that game that you brought in uh just a couple of days ago over there in the corner oh now that's that's really a, a great game you're not going to find that too many places it's called g-lock air battle it is um it's like uh, Afterburner. Afterburner. Yeah, right. it's Afterburner version 3. But what's really cool about it is I have the deluxe cockpit version where you actually sit in it and it uses electric motors. Put a seatbelt on and that thing moves and it, it bounces you around. Bounces you around pretty good. It's a lot of fun. There's been several people already got on it, dry, fly it a little bit. And then get off and say, "Okay, I'm done," because it's making <laughs> Too me. Much. It's making me sick. It's, I, it's yeah. not super fast, but it's fast no. enough for it to be kind of fun. Yeah, yeah. And as you and and I'll tell you something about that game for you folks. That and we talk about warehouses and where to keep things. This game was a client. This game actually belonged to a client of mine at Key Arcades, where I was restored, helped him fix it, and he brought it in, said it wasn't working, opened it up, and found this huge dead rat in the middle of the things, and all the wires were chewed up, and there was just tons of wires chewed up. So I spent 
a month getting all the wires fixed up, getting everything figured back out. And I have no schematics for this thing whatsoever. Right, because you and I looked for schematics, and yeah. you can get afterburner schematics, but, yeah, but not, not the G-Lock and G not the, the I've really had. And it's not just necessarily the schematics for the board. It's the wiring diagrams and all of the wiring all the colors and all stuff. the, yeah, because there's just tons of wires in this thing and that rat just had a field day with it well i got it all figured out got it working for him gave it back to him he came he picked it up he took it back and put it in the exact same warehouse where it was and, and the then, rats relatives came around then a year later he called me up and said man it's not working again and i said where you got it and he said well it's kind of in the warehouse and i said well what do you want to do he, he said you know what i'm done spending i don't really have a place that's going to keep it why don't you just let me bring it over there? You can have it, and y'all can do something with it. So he brought it up and opened it up, and sure enough, there was the little mouse in the bottom of the thing that had enjoyed more of the wire. And um, so more wire. So I fixed all the wires, got it all running again, and brought it and got it working. And it is, it's just been a blast. I, I yeah, really it's, enjoy it's a it. Cool, it's a cool game. And it, as old as it is, it's what, about 20 years old? It's still a yeah. fun game to play. Oh, it is. It is. And and it, it's surprising, the graphics and stuff's on it. And the um, you have uh, missiles and you have machine guns. And, you know, when you, you have to, as... Each level, it has more and more sophisticated firing controls and firing sequences where you lock the sight on and it says, fire, 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 and you hit the missile button and it fires and you can go. And it's, it's pretty cool. I'm, I'm impressed with it. I really am for, the, for, the, for, the, for what it does. And it, for, like yeah, it's said, it's the a lot of fun. It. A lot of people are going to enjoy that. Yeah. If we can keep it running, it's yeah. going to be a, yeah, yeah, <laughs> not, the, not the video game part of it, but the yeah. uh, motion part of it. The motion, those. yeah. And some of those, there's, there's motion control boards and stuff in it that, that could really go bad. That could go. Um, so, you know, it's it's interesting because we're sitting here talking about, you know, everything that we put into this place. And we're also talking about, you know, the different games we're working on. And I think it really gets back to, I want to get back to what we're doing this podcast for. Right. You know, and we want to get out there and help people. And we want to use our experience to be able to help you and our listeners and other people out there who may not heard us yet um to fix their games and i guess what because it can really be intimidating if you've never you know you you like that you remember the gameplay you re you have such good memories of this and, oh how great would it be if i had a joust in my house and yeah. here's one but this thing's 25 years old and I open up and I look at, oh, man, look at the inside of this thing. Yeah. Well, yeah. It can be intimidating. Yeah, so. it can. And and so I guess what one of the, where I was going with this was that I've worked on, we've worked on a G-Lock. We've worked on some electrical mechanical machines. I've got one in here that goes back to 1959. We did the, uh, we've got some modern games in here with LCD screens. We've got... Uh, shooting games we got driving games with pedals and stick shifts and linked games that are tied together and so we have a a vast knowledge or a vast experience let's just say <coughs> excuse me of all the all the different games here so that if you've got something that you're struggling with give let us let us know and let's see if we can't help you out with that right and i may not have you know there there are people out there that have more knowledge than we do there is oh, no doubt about that we haven't touched every game that's out there but we've touched a lot of them we've yeah. fixed a lot of them 
And you know, for me, it's it's almost a fun puzzle to get something new that I, a problem that I've never seen. You know, it's it's nice. Sometimes it's nice to have the knowledge of, oh, I already know. Yeah, that that game is doing that problem. I already know what it is. Yeah, I can go in there and fix it real quick. But it's also kind of fun to just, uh, uh, you know, I said earlier, you can just swap monitors. Well, it's also fun to kind of fix what's wrong with the monitor yeah. and l know how to do that. And everybody's a little bit different in how they want to tackle these problems, how much uh, time and effort they want to invest in it. But, you know, it's... Uh, you know, we're, we're hoping to be able to help people with all skill levels, with, you know, all levels of problems. You know, and I think, Eric, the other thing that we, sh we should be able to enlighten folks on, a lot of people buy a machine. Oh, they, they played that game forever. They buy the one arcade. They bring it to their home, and they great. It plays, and then one day it doesn't play or doesn't play right. And now they've got to try to find somebody to fix it. And it not only can we maybe help them, I helped somebody today talk them through something that they could probably fix themselves instead of spending somebody, you know, large amount of money. Somebody right. come out and somebody fix it. come out and fix it. Here, it's just a, it's a leaf switch. It's a cherry switch. Just go in there and place a cherry switch. It's probably good, and your joystick's going to work again. And, but I guess what I'm trying to get to is that even if you don't want to fix it yourself, it would be good to at least understand what we think the problem is. So if you bring somebody out. And we've seen this before with people that will come out, unscrupulous people out there. They are out there. Oh, this thing, this this will never work. This yeah, is going to cost I'll, you. But I'll buy it from you. But I'll you. buy it from you for, <laughs> for 50 bucks. Yeah, you know, right. We'll, we'll take it out. So, you know, it's good to be armed with at least some level of knowledge. Now, you don't want, when the tech comes in, you don't want to go, oh, well, I talk, I, I heard Rusty. Know what it is. I just need you to do yeah. this. Yeah, we heard this podcast that <laughs> said we're going to fix. All I need you to do is that. Yeah, that's not what we're saying. <laughs> we're just saying the knowledge is good to have to where you understand and you can be on the same page with the technician that's coming in here. And when he explains to you what's wrong, you can get a better understanding of it. Right. So we did not answer, really answer any user uh, or any uh, listener questions on this one. That's, and that's a product of us not having any questions because we've been out of commission for commission about for, a year and a half. a year and a half. And that's, so what we'll do is we'll, uh, we'll start going back to the email address, which is podcast at arcaderepairtips.com. So you can send your questions to that. Uh, to that email address, and we'll get those, and we will uh, we'll be able to answer them to the best of our ability. So, we'll get those questions, and and we'll go back to our previous format. We'll we'll have a kind of a a t segment on a particular tech, uh, some type of um, maybe like something that we've worked on, and we want to go more in depth on how that works, the uh, theory behind it, and such. Uh, so you know, also uh, we'd like to answer questions in that way as well like maybe not a specific question like my miss pac-man these characters are not you know uh, coming up on the screen but like hey how does a switch mode power supply work uh how does the lamp driver board work on a pinball machine or or something along those lines how does a you know just uh, there's un, you know there's all can kinds i of take out this monitor and put an lcd screen right. in this game can can i do that instead of of dealing in with my this gun thing. game, I have a CRT. Can I put an LCD in it? No, probably not. <laughs> That's probably not. You know, and, you know, so the other thing that I think what, what I'm looking forward to is in March is the, 
or is it April? March the is, isn't it? Texas, the Texas Pinball, Pinball no, Festival. I think it's usually in, in, in March. In March. You know, we didn't really even touch on the Houston Arcade Expo that oh, just happened a few I weeks ago. I hear that ago. was fun. <laughs> you hear it was. <laughs> it was fun. It was great. It has, you know, we have the new moniker. We have the new, for that show, I think this was the 18th year of it. Yeah. So it's it's been around a while. And it's, you know, there are now arcade and pinball shows popping up all over the place. But this you know, one's for, different. This one is different. And uh, at first, uh, Keith, the guy who puts it on, he's one of our good friends. He was, you know, people say, oh, you know, the music is too... Uh, too too loud too much too much music and you know he would have to kind of defend it a little bit and um, uh, now he embraces it he, yeah. you know now it is uh, he has kind of taken on the the title of it's the party show yeah yeah. Hey, Keith, it's too loud. Well, you're too damn then old. You're, yeah, then you should be somewhere. <laughs> no, yeah. he's not going to no, say that no, to you. No. But it's nice. In Texas, we have two fantastic shows. We have the Texas Pinball Festival yes. in March, and it is, you know, its, it's focus is on, pinball. as the name implies, pinball. And there are arcade games. There's, there's us, there are usually a, probably about 75 games, arcade games there, yeah. and you know, probably 300 pinball machines, if not more. And it's a great show. I have it's so much fun up there. It is a great show. And then the show we have here in Houston is also probably, it's, you know, this year I think we were right at about 400 games. Every yeah. year it goes up, up, up. Yeah. We're in a new venue, in a larger venue. It's a yeah. great spot. Yeah. I really like the new venue. It's really, really it's, nice. It's big. There was so much. Everybody was so happy. We had... Uh, uh, the what is the name of the band? When in Rome, the band from the '80s, um, yeah. was the lead singer Clive Farrington. Uh, the song, I'm, you know what, Rusty, I, I don't think I'm going to do karaoke right now, so <laughs> you'll just have to look the song up. It's called "The Promise." It was in Napoleon Dynamite. Oh uh, yeah, it's a if you if you heard the song, you'd know it. You'd know it. And he sang. Oh, and it just we had an '80s cover band. We had Keith's band who does. They do arcade, arcade songs. They have a repertoire of about what, fifteen songs now, yeah. and they're all yeah. you know. There's some of them. Are, they're kind of like covers. They're like they take existing. They take rock songs and turn them into arcade songs. So it's you know it's just a fun show. Well, you know, music and live music really does fit well with an arcade. People, you know, right. when you're playing well, the game. Yeah, like yeah. and that's what a lot of people's, and that's what we have embraced here. Yeah. We have the jukebox, we have the big screen, we play uh, 80s music videos on the screen, we have the black lights, and that's that's what we want. And we have a stage. And we have a stage. And in two weeks, not this Saturday, but next Saturday, we're going to have Metallicade. It's yeah. going to be all Metallica and heavy metal, and we're going to have a live Metallica band, cover band. And two weeks is kind of meaningless on this, this too. If yeah, the date is, what, is that the 14th? <laughs> the 14th, the yeah. 14th of December. We're going to have Metallica. It's going to be awesome. And, and you know, the we kind of digressed. We took off because we forgot to mention the arcade, the, the Houston arcade, because it was such a great show. But one of the reasons we brought up the uh, Texas Pinball Festival is because not only are we wanting to do answer your questions, and that's what we want. But we're going to do some live broadcasts. Yeah, and I hope that, to do we that did, we did that a two years in a row, and I really enjoyed that. And you know, there's yep. so many big names there in the world. Well, in our world, big names yeah. in in our world. Yeah. Uh, that we'd like to do that again. You know, bring. Well, people I've over already for talked to Ed. We're we're going to be back with the car, and we're going to be on the floor, so we will certainly Rusty, have a spot. Rusty has a DeLorean, and and Ed uh, Ed Vanderveen, who runs the Texas Pinball Festival. Um, 
will have his uh, will will likes Rusty to bring his DeLorean inside, and so we have a spot for the game preserve games. Um, you know, I'll get in trouble if I don't mention that Mr. Barry Sanders will bring his full uh, full line of miniature pinball machines. <laughs> those are those are those home units. I've got one. I bought one. I pulled one out of my mom's warehouse and it was my very first pinball game i got in 1977 i guess yeah and it went in the house it's one of those home it's called demolition derby and it was a home version i pulled it out it's at my house i'm going to be restoring it and god i hope i can have Th it ready. this is so much of a side note what i'm about to say but i have to say this and there's a reason behind it that i'm not going to get into but if you see mr barry sanders ask him about working at chuck e cheese and the uh <laughs> the costume he'd wear and uh th and what did he, he get fired <laughs> <laughs> not for reasons you may know he didn't get fired <laughs> ask him about the 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 shoes in the costume <laughs> and uh okay you know what that's 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 yeah, deep enough. It's, it's, that's Folks, a, a little you, inside on obviously it. we have a lot of fun we we and this is why when eric came in today and said hey you want to do this again I think this is why we both really want to do this because we enjoy talking right. about it. We enjoy your questions. We enjoy answering. And we're looking forward to speaking with you. And if we're doing the live broadcast at the Texas Pinball Festival and you're around, come in, come say hi, us. talk we to us. We have extra microphones. Absolutely. Sit down and talk. And, in fact, and we people can listen to my twangy southern voice. <laughs> they there can listen go. to anything. There you go. <laughs> I make no apologies about how That's I sound. I'm, just, I'm stuck with it. We are who we are. <laughs> we right? are who we are. Uh, is there anything else we want to talk about before we sign off sign of this? Off. Uh, well, this was this is we're at about 45 minutes right now, and this is this show is going to be a little bit short because of the lack of questions. But going forward, we will get back to our previous format, and hopefully, we'll get back into. Uh, well, you know, it's kind of nice now because we're we. You are, you're on the other side of Houston. You're an hour away. So we always had to kind of make time. You always ended up driving down to my house. But now we have – you're going to be here at the arcade, arcade once anyway. a week yeah. anyway. Uh, any, anyway. So yeah. I suspect we'll be able to get back – easily get back into our, you know, once a month. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Time frame yeah. of it. All we need is questions. We need lots and lots. We need of lots questions. of questions. If you don't give questions. us any, we're gonna, yeah. we're gonna make some up, and you're gonna know that they're fake questions. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. Okay, Rusty. Well, this That's has it. been fun, and we're gonna be back doing this on a regular basis going yep. forward. So, all right. Cool. Thank you for listening. Thanks a lot. Thank you for listening to the Arcade Repair Tips question and answer podcast. All of our episodes are available for download at ArcadeRepairTips.com or at the iTunes Music Store under podcast. This podcast is intended for entertainment and educational purposes only. Please consult a professional before attempting to repair any coin-operated machines yourself. The preceding program is a Varcade Entertainment production.